It's time to experience Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Hey, kid, you want a toy? What do the man know about toys? Action figures each sold separately. Batteries not included. With Kung Fu Grip, the hands that grip. I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. You're not a collector's item. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy! Action figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up! Welcome to our second half of our year-end review, and uh, we hope you're enjoying your holiday season, wherever you may be, and uh, while you're enjoying it, we hope you're listening in on a year-end celebration of everything toy and collectibles uh, during this year of 2020. Um, In our last episode, we covered all of our choices for different award categories, including um, our 16 different categories that we have uh, decided on this year that we'll be sticking with each year moving forward. Um, And what we mentioned last episode is that we would be covering uh, before the end of the year our awards, our kind of grades, if you will, um, for each of the major toy companies uh, during our final episode. So guess what? That's what you're getting here today, our final grades. And then finally, our top 50, in no particular order, figures for this year of 2020. So Chris, are you excited about uh, uh, finishing out this year? I am excited. And if you're listening to this, it's probably 2021 by the time we get this show out. So happy new year. And I'm sure all of us are hoping for a much quieter year, shall we say, (laughs) than 2020. Indeed. Couldn't agree more. But yes, I'm, I'm excited to talk, uh, talk more toys, talk more action figures, uh, talk about grading these companies and, and, you know, talking about what they did well, what they didn't do well. Um, You know, and like we've said on this show, we are going to be fair. We're not going to sugarcoat things, but we're also not going to be unnecessarily harsh on things either, but we're going to, we're going to be fair and we're going to tell things like they are. So, you know, it's important to give the feedback both good and bad um, and kind of talk about what went well and what didn't. And, you know, then we're going to get into, like Brian said, our top 50 figures in no particular order. <laughs> we, we don't want to face that, that criticism, right? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you could rank those. That would be so hard to do. Right. <laughs> All the credit to those who do it. Yeah, I, I don't know how, how you do it, but for us, we were like, you know what? They're all our children. We're just going to include all 50 and love them as much individually as we do as a whole. (laughs) Absolutely. So So let's start off with our grades uh, for this year's companies. Uh, First one we're going to look at today is uh, McFarlane. So McFarlane, uh, well known for their uh, major line, which is DC Multiverse this year. Also known for their their long-running spawn line. Um, Mortal Kombat as well as Fortnite seem to be their biggest properties this year. Um, so, Chris, what did you think about McFarland this year? 
you know, that's a company that I didn't expect to be picking up stuff from. And, and here we are. I think I'm six figures deep in McFarlane at this point and the DC <laughs> multiverse. So it's definitely a company that was uh, on the radar, but I didn't see myself buying anything from. And then here we are. I'm buying stuff from them. They had a immensely successful Kickstarter for Spawn, which is a – it's not a character that uh, that I – have gotten into but it's a very beloved character and a kickstarter that did phenomenally well as you touched on they have other licenses like fortnite mortal Kombat, warhammer which you know i know that there's people out there and we talked on the last show about some of the licenses that they're going to be doing so the future looks really good and i think mcfarland had a, a really good year they gave us some really great unique figures you know we talked about a couple of them you know, we'll probably talk about a few more on our list. Absolutely. So uh, I think we, we joined forces a week and a half ago or a couple of weeks back and we decided on a joint grade and uh, we, we decided to go with a B plus. And Chris, g- give your reasoning behind the B plus. So I think that like, like we talked about, it's they're up and coming. Uh, McFarland is doing some great stuff. Um, I would, you know, I know that they like to tout, I think it's the 22 points of articulation. Yeah. Uh, and they do some bigger figures. It's more of a seven inch scale. So yeah. it fits in that 12th scale, but they're a little bit taller. Um, I do feel like, you know, you do notice on some of the bigger figures that they, there's some, uh, they could use a little bit more articulation, but I, you know, I'm probably nitpicking at that point. Um, but I think that they did really well. I think some of the DC multiverse stuff we got this year was phenomenal. And the way that they're going into uh, different, you know, different Batman. Hey, how about that? And I'm not a Superman fan, but we've talked about this off air. How about that armored Superman figure? Oh yeah. Yeah. That and the, bat, mean, and the was a bat. Uh, Hellbat. Hellbat. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Those were, those were such cool and unique choices to do so early on in the line too. Yeah. And I think, you know, with those, you know, when you think about it in real, you know, if we want to kind of equate it to if you could do that in real life, you know, you have <laughs> to think about would an armor be able to move all that way, you know, like on a big chunky Hellbat figure like that. In real life and so I, I you know i think the articulation has enough for what it needs i'm sure on some other figures like maybe a nightwing you'd like to see maybe a little extra articulation or a batman but you know i i feel like i'm nitpicking there yeah i i i think the the only thing people would maybe contest on mcfarlane would be maybe a couple of licenses that that didn't do as well as as they thought it would. But I I, I say that it wasn't because they weren't well-made figures. I think the audience just wasn't what they thought they would be. Um, One thing that pops in my head is the Harry Potter line. Yeah, you know, and I only just recently saw those and I thought they looked great. No, yeah, they look great. I don't think there's any question about the quality or the look of the figures. I think they may have overestimated the audience and what that audience looks for. Um, and uh, it, no different than Toy Biz did with Lord of the Rings. Gorgeous figures. They just, you know, the audience really, you know, didn't didn't really take to it. So um, yeah. that would be kind of the only the only uh, negative I saw um, this year was was not the quality or the make of the figure or anything. It was just, you know, uh, knowing your audience. Yeah. Agreed. So the next one up, 
I'll let you do the lead in on. Okay, so the next one is a property we've talked about, or a company we've talked about quite a bit this year, and that is NECA, Brian's, Brian's kind of go-to company this year for a lot of, of cool things. And, you know, they're, you know, we've talked about TMNT and even Back to the Future, but they do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of horror, Godzilla, uh, Alien, Predator. They've done Bill and Ted, you know, so they have quite a lot going on as far as uh, uh, properties and licenses that they have. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think they, 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 overall, they've done a lot of great things this year. One thing that, that NECA still struggles with, and um, I'd say also, I would say Metacom would be its equal overseas that struggles with this as well, is they can have some quality control issues um, and some issues with, um, parts easily breaking or falling out. And this happens more often than it should. I'll say that. Um, I'm not going to go and blast them in any way and say that, uh, they're, they're terrible or, or whatever. I'm not going to go to the extreme, but I will say, yeah, there's definitely areas for improvement for that company. And I do think they need to listen to that, to that critique and, and work on that. And I am expecting them to listen to that as much as they've listened to the critiques from the collectors on the availability of these figures and made proper changes with pre-order time pre-orders and things like that. I expect them to listen to the critiques they are getting from a lot of collectors who are doing reviews of these figures and some of these figures arms are breaking off in their hands. And, you know, those things need to be worked on. Um, and I hope that they are, are looking into that, you know, whatever that is, if that's, you know, understanding, is it the, the company, you know, the manufacturers they're working with that are creating these figures, or is it just, you know, the quality control checks, you know, making sure that they do a better job on it. And I, and I think they're aware of that. And I hope that they will listen to that and work on it. But for other than that, that would be the reason why the grade isn't as high. You'll hear the grade in a moment, isn't as high as it, it should, it could have been, um, because there seems to be still too many of those issues popping up with their figures. But, uh, but what works really well for NECA is the variety, uh, as you mentioned, Chris, uh, of the lines, but also the amount of hard work done into the sculpt and the artistry that is really put into these figures um, are just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, the, the face sculpts and, and the, the paint applications on some of these figures are just state of the art. They feel like little pieces of art in your hand. And I think in that case, you can be like, well, you know, it's going to be delicate. It's art, but you know, they are still being marketed as action figures. So they need to find a happy medium there. Um, that would be my critique for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have anything NECA in, in my collection, but I do know, you know, like yourself and I know other, other uh, people that collect NECA and I've heard the quality control issue before and if that's the case you know that's a very valid valid concern and i think that you know i think that it should be addressed and like you said hopefully it will be you know where i'm going to give neca a lot of credit is the fact that they heard their fans this year with the pain of trying to get store exclusives absolutely from or walmart and fighting the bots and selling out immediately and not being able to get their hands on them and neca turning around and saying we're going to open up this window. If you order within this window, you will get this figure 
It may take a little longer, but you're going to get it and you're not going to have to pay those crazy secondary market prices, which effectively kills the secondary market for something like that. I mean, there's always going to be a secondary market, but you don't have the people that are going out and hunting them down specifically. Yeah, but it's not flip. inflated. Yeah. Right. And I think exactly. that's the key element is not to already inflate something that's always going to be there. You know, don't add right. to the problem. Um, and I so think with that, that that's, you know, what they've done well. Yeah. And so with that in mind, you know, we gave them a C plus and that was, you know, the quality control issues is kind of why that grades a little lower. You know, I do want to give them, like I said, all the credit and, and that was taken into consideration, the credit for what they've done with their exclusives. And we've, I've used that as, as a way that even bigger companies that NECA should be doing pre-orders. And we'll kind of talk agree. about that when we get into some of those other companies. <laughs> so uh, Super 7, uh, my favorite company of the year, if you remember from last episode, um, uh, Kate, uh, comes in this year with um, really expanding upon their bread and butter with reaction series, adding the Ultimates line through a number of different properties. Um, and uh, also... Um, they're amazing, amazing Masters of the Universe Snake Mountain um, playset, and uh, just their ability to really connect individually with fans um, and make such amazing, fun, fun things, utilizing things in horror and, and metal, and, and um, you know, I, I really enjoyed. Um, following uh, Brian Flynn and his exploits <laughs> over the year and uh, his conversations with many of the major uh, toy review sites and, and toy review um, uh, organizations like Foosh and, and like Dan uh, Pixel, Pixel Dan and, and a lot of those folks and, and Toy Galaxy. And, and um, you know, I, I think that Super 7 really if NECA did a good job of listening to fans, Super 7 did it perfectly. Um, Super 7 really set a standard, I think, for uh, any company that's trying to start out in this field of toys and collectibles. I think they set a great standard for future companies um, and up-and-coming companies that are, are wanting to get um, and build their small businesses up. I think Super 7's laid a great foundation and, uh, and blueprint for that. Um, and uh, I, I just, I thoroughly enjoy um, collecting uh, their items. And I have um, some of the TMNT Ultimate figures. And I can tell you that just the amount of work and detail put into it. A great example is Splinter from the first wave um, of the TMNT Ultimates. When they were putting together the prototypes, they were getting feedback from the fans saying, hey, you know, is it, is it going to be a plastic... Uh, outfit for splinter or are we going to offer cloth and they're like oh let's do both then since people want both and it's just simple things like that i mean they go an extra mile like bebop um when they were looking at bebop and which is supposed to be coming out i believe um um next uh either the end of this year or beginning of next year in the second or third wave bebop has uh he had a pink head and a brown head back in the original uh, release of the Playmates, which is basically the style of Ultimates is basically modern articulation versions of the Playmate toys of the of the 80s and 90s. And uh, they said, well, you know what? Well, we can't just do one head. 
they decided to go back and do both. They did both head sculpts and they did both different paint jobs just because the fans said, hey, you know, we want to see them both. Um, just little things like that really impressed me with this company. Yeah, you know, you know that's that's some really good points. And, you know, I know we talked about the Snake Mountain, which is phenomenal. I mean, that that probably is the biggest, you know, next to the, uh, the G.I. Joe uh, USS flag, that is probably the biggest playset, you know, ever um besides the the uss flag and that's that's saying something and to be able to produce that today they know their audience um you know they've kind of gotten their audience dialed in and they know what they're looking at but you know what's great about it is the fact that they're giving you the ultimate version of of the character you know i would love for other companies to give me the option and I'd pay a little more for that option. Do I want a cloth cape or a plastic cape? Well, give me both. Right. <laughs> Cause there are certain cases where, where, you know, maybe it, maybe it, maybe the, the plastic cape works, but you know, I find plastic capes often hinder articulation and hinder, you know, dynamic poses and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, or, Hey, we're, we're going to give you both heads, you know, instead of giving me a figure and then two years later, giving the, the figure and saying, well, we're giving you this. We'll one now, release you know. it again. Yeah. So, you know, I'll pay a little more up front, but you know, you talk about those, those lines that you did. And I'm going to mention a line that I've paid attention to. I haven't bought anything, but I've paid attention to it. And that's the Thundercats line that they have. Oh yeah. And great. great yeah. Line. Yeah. And they've done some characters there that people didn't expect to get. People were really excited to get them. And, you know, you talked about it. They're a little bit uh, slow to get stuff, but that's because of the way they do things. But they do get it to you. And, you know, I haven't heard of any quality control issues, really. They're meticulous. They're meticulous with the review process. And that's why it takes so long. They want to see the final print version before it goes to mass production. That's something that doesn't always happen with a lot of the companies where they'll sit there and go to it and critique the actual final product sample. And that's what they do. They don't just base it off the prototype or the unpainted. They actually go through the whole process, see the final piece, look at it and say, okay, this joint needs to be worked on. This needs to be worked on. And they send that critique back. Um, They definitely have a great line of communication with their manufacturer. Yeah. And you can see that in the product. And, and like you mentioned, you know, Brian makes himself very available to talk to, oh, yeah. you know, different sites and fan communities, which you're not going to get that from a bigger company. You're going to get a, a PR rep or a marketing person that you're speaking with um, in some cases. In other cases, you might get to talk to, you know, uh, the team that works on it. But uh, Brian seems to know everything that's going on and has, you know, is very accessible. So, you know, the only thing I would, and this isn't necessarily a knock against them, but their items are a little bit more uh, expensive. Yes. So if you were a collector that's looking to collect, get more for your money, yeah. um, that's probably not where you're going to go to get them. <laughs> if you're a collector that's looking for the ultimate version of a certain character that they have the license for, or in this case, a playset, then that's where you're going to want to go. And so, of course. Uh, Brian, I'll let you uh, reveal the, the grade that we gave them. <laughs> so we gave them a very strong B. Um, and uh, as Chris said, you know, th- there are some other elements that go into a company and that's like cost and, 
you know, and uh, that's one area that, you know, is like Chris said, it's not a knock. It's just, you know, um, if we're giving overall grades, we have to think about all the aspects of it. And for collecting, there's only certain money to go around. So you have to be selective in your, your uh, hobby sometimes. And, and uh, that would be one area that, um, you know, is the nature of a small company, right? In order to support what they're trying to do and the way they're trying to do it. So we gave Super 7 a very, very strong B. Um, and uh, we're excited to see the company continue to grow throughout the next year. Yes. And so our next company up, and th this is a company that I uh, don't have a ton of familiarity with, but I know Brian does. Yes. Um, I am starting to get more and more familiar with them and seeing what they're doing. And that is Mezco. Absolutely. Mezco is, is a company that's been around a long time and it's one of those companies that is kind of like in the same level as a NECA where um, they have a number of different licenses and properties and they, they, they kind of started off in a, in a similar way, kind of like super seven and NECA in a way where they did kind of um, not as well-known characters, like re really one of the major lines that, or, or characters that they did early on was Hellboy uh, back in the early 2000s and in, in 04, 05 and, and into 08 with uh, the second Hellboy film. And they first actually started off doing a comic line based off of Minolia's uh, work, um, as well as other independent comic characters as well, like the Goon. Um, and from there, they continued to grow and look in other ways of, of getting involved in comic characters and eventually got a Marvel license and DC and they started to transition. They've always kind of done a 12 scale figure. And what they've done is kind of transition into a higher end 12 scale. They've tried to basically become the American version, if you will, of a 12 scale hot toys, if you will. That's kind of what their, their goal is. That they, they, they want to create really high-end, gorgeous-looking, well-articulated, great accessories, um, great fun um, abilities, like through electronic sounds and, and lights and LEDs and things to add more functionality. And, uh, and their line, their main line is called the 12th uh, Scale Collective or 12th Collective. And uh, that their figures basically are, you know, 12 scale versions of what you see on Sideshow or Hot Toys. And that's why their prices are about half the price of a Hot Toy or Sideshow, right around 100 or $120 for some of the figures. And some of the more uh, common figures are going to be in the $80 range, kind of um, similar to, let's say, a Figuarts or a uh, Mafex. Uh, um, so they're kind of in that vein. Um, they're basically the best we're going to get to not, if you're not wanting to buy for an import figure price, they're the best you're going to get here in the States uh, for that scale. So that kind of gives you a background on what Mezco is about, but they've made some really cool figures this year and they even have their own character line as well. Uh, a lot of the fans who are fans of Mezco know who Agent Gomez is um, and all the various versions of Gomez that they've done. Um, and they basically have created kind of their own characters to go along with the licenses that they have. So it's a fun company. It's a cool company, um, but it can get expensive um, for those figures because you're not going to find one any cheaper than that $80 range, which is their pretty going price 
Um, and when they get exclusives, they sell pretty quick. Um, and they do have wait lists very much similar to Sideshow. So yeah. um, for me, um, I've always been a big fan of Mezco just because, as you've heard in previous shows, I'm a big fan of Hellboy and Magnolia Art. And uh, he's been a, he was a staple of Mezco in the beginning of their company um, with some of the stuff they made. And uh, a figure I bought this year was the Hellboy from, even though the film wasn't liked by many, the 2019 film, um, the figure, the 12 scale collective figure of David Harbour's version of Hellboy was released this year. And it's a really cool figure. And I also have the previews edition, which is the Onango Rama. Uh, version on pre-order um, that keeps getting pushed back and pushed back, pushed back, <laughs> and it's going to be coming out next year, even though I pre-ordered it back in 2018. <laughs> so I remember I'm pretty you talking about, about that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you talking about having that on pre-order for for a while. Um, but I've gotten an education this year on Mezco. I mean, Agent Gomez. I learned about him. Now they did they did some of the monsters too, didn't they? Yes. Um, yeah, Not, those uh, are fantastic. Nos, uh, Nosferatu was Nosferatu, a big release yep. this year, and it's yep. gorgeous. Such a gorgeous yeah. figure. I wish I had the room and the co- and the money to buy those because you know I got a little bit into uh, my wife, who is a huge um, lover of of Halloween and horror and all that stuff got me a bit into that stuff this year and, and is enjoying every moment of, of getting me into it. And uh, I bought a few different horror related items this year, um, like Ash from Evil Dead 2. And, and, uh, uh, got, and I'm also have on pre-order um, some of the um, Puppet Master two packs as well that NECA is doing. Yeah, I, so we gave them a very solid B plus. Yeah, they've done some phenomenal stuff this year, um, especially if you saw them just announce the Ghost Rider. Uh, that's been uh, speculated for for quite a few years. Uh, I think it was shown at a show maybe back in like 2017 or 2018, and they're finally going to production. I think it went up and like sold out in like a moment, and it's the wait list. I think is full already. That thing looks wow. insane, and it's not just Ghost Rider. But it's, as you would imagine, right, Ghost Rider on his bike, Hell Cycle, and it looks insane, the amount of detail on it. Wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that kind of works against a company like Mezco is the, you know, and, and I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to, we didn't grade Medicom, but I'm going to throw them in here too, because, you know, they're, they're an import company, but they're that same scale as the wait time to get things. Yeah. And that factored into Mezco's grade too. Yep. Um, which, you know, we get it. Cause you know, you're not just pumping out stuff that you can throw in the factory and, you know, make 50,000 yeah. at a, at a pop, but at the same time, you know, it's, you know, and hot toys, hot toys does it too, where sometimes your, oh, yeah. your pruder gets pushed back, you know, I quite got four. pushed back three months this year. Yeah. Exactly. So that factored in there. Yeah. And you know, that, that's just part of the game, especially when you're making high end collectibles like a Mezco or a hot toys slash sideshow for the U S distribution. You know, that just comes with the game and that's why super seven is kind of in that same vein. And that's why they got the grade they got as well as, you know um, it's also about availability and cost as well in this, in this hobby. Um, which yeah. leads us to 
Jazzwares. You want to tell us a little bit about Jazzwares? Yeah, so Jazzwares is like the company that you've seen but didn't <laughs> know you've seen. Right. I mean, if you look at the toy aisle, they actually have quite a bit going on. And they're kind of like been snapping up some of these some of these licenses that you didn't realize. And I know the line that everybody was anticipating this year was the AEW figure. So they have the AEW wrestling, which seems to have really taken off. I know a lot of people that love WWE or used to love WWE that are like, oh, AEW is where it's at because let's be honest, WWE has gotten a little stale. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a line that was really highly anticipated. And I remember in particular when I was looking for He-Man figures for the first wave of, of Origins, that was around the same time that these were hitting. And I remember running into people adults and kids mind you yeah. kids were kids were looking for these too looking for these figures and hunting you know going to walmart one mom was in there with her, with her son and her son's like we've been here every day this week they don't have them yet and he was so disappointed because he wanted those figures but they have that line they have Fortnite, the three and three quarter or 118th scale uh they have micro machines so a return they, to glory yeah the return to glory of the used to be Galoob had micro machines. That's right. And then it was bought, I, you know, I think it was bought by Hasbro at one point, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, now Jazzwares has it and they've brought it back. And then of course they have Pokemon um, and Pokemon, you know, that's still a big thing today. I mean, Pokemon go, I mean, that's, that's a big game. So they have, they have a lot of things that you've, like I said, You've seen Jazzware stuff. You just didn't know you saw Jazzware stuff. Exactly. So it, it, it's kind of fall, fallen into our honorable mentions. So we, we don't really have a grade for them because we, we don't think they've kind of, they're not, they're not there yet. I think next year, once we have more of their product on the shelf and we're able to really look at what they're doing, we'll be able to really give them a solid grade. Um, and because they've only seen one wave of maybe four figures out of AEW, and I know they have a bunch on the way. And I know that they've also worked on the face sculpts. The first prints didn't look that clean on the first line. And I know they're re-releasing that first wave along with the second and third waves that are coming. Um, also, Micro Machines just started hitting the shelves again, maybe a month ago. Um, and then Fortnite um, definitely has been very popular. And uh, their 18th scale or three and three quarters have been really, really popular. And uh, some of their Pokemon stuff ha has definitely been of interest, but th they're still growing. They're still growing. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think the, the other reason for the honorable mention is we, we don't currently have anything in our collections from them at the moment. At least I don't. I don't yet. I, I am looking to get um, uh, Jericho uh, Painmaker uh, figure eventually from AEW, but I'm waiting to see the newer face sculpts. Yeah, I hear you. So, Brian, so, why don't you tell us about uh, our next company? Well, Chris's favorite this year, uh, Mattel, um, has done a, a really impressive job. Um, this year to kind of, I think, reestablish themselves, to be honest. I, I think it's been a while for them to kind of get back into the game, if you will. Um, you know, I think th they, they've kind of been a little 
a little behind for the last couple of years. But I think this year um, they did, they took a really good, strong step in the right direction. And I think all of that is thanks to the masters of the universe relaunched with the origins line. And I think that really has helped them reestablish themselves along with their constant mainstays of hot wheels. And I've been really impressed with um, the, the newer face sculpt technology they've been using on the WWE ultimate editions lately and uh, the Elite Series has definitely upped their game with their FX face technology. Um, and one thing that I do think has been a bit of a letdown has been the Jurassic World line. I think there, it started off with a lot of fun and pomp and circumstance, and then it just got kind of lazy. And I think with its execution, and especially with its face sculpts, we know you have the capability of doing good face sculpts, I've seen the latest WWE stuff out of you, but I have not seen that from your supposed Amber collection of collector figures for the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World line. Um, you need to work on that, Mattel. Yeah, we've talked about it before, and the Jurassic World line is, is uh, it needs some attention. It's not quite there. Um, I've seen the, those WWE figures that you're referencing, and they do have some good face sculpts. Uh, you know, and I think that even if I'm not mistaken, I think Target had an exclusive wave. If yes. I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm really, really trying to hunt down when it hits next year that uh, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers is Edge, and he made his surprise return this year before getting injured again um, after being away for over 10 years of wrestling. So I was super excited. Um, but they made a really awesome figure um, that's coming out in the Ultimate Edition version, which is the high-end sculpt with multiple heads and, and multiple arms and all kinds of, you know, something you would find out of like uh, a Mafex or something version, right? Um, so I've been, you know, I'm kind of excited for that wave. And they also have a Hulk Hogan coming out based off the NWO look in that same line um, this year. So they have some really cool ones coming down the pipeline. Let's not forget they had the Mr. T exclusive too for Comic-Con. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that Mr. T tempted me, you know, because I'm like, you know, uh, I, you know, I got like I said, I got the the Masters of the WWE, which we we didn't uh, have on here, but they definitely had that as well that they've had tremendous success with, and has been wildly popular and and hard to find. Like those figures are are pretty hard to find. They are you know, when when they pop up on Walmart they they go right away and i don't think you know unlike the origins line i think those are still staying exclusive with walmart i think only the origins the is moving over to everybody in 2021 and i'm going to talk about origins in a minute here but i want to recognize why we had hot wheels on here and that's because hot wheels does uh you know we don't collect the hot wheels but we do collect they the they do sometimes the movie cars and this year they did the turtle wagon, the party wagon. Yeah. And yeah, they did that. And they did the uh, late this year. I just found it uh, maybe a few weeks ago. They did the Arkham Knight Batmobile, which I love the fact of, of, of playing that. At first, it took a little getting used to, like, that's the Batmobile for this one. But then when you see what, it, uh, you know, I'm not spoiling anything. It turns into a freaking tank, you know. Um, but they did that one. And then I guess next year they have a uh, land speeder, the land speeder coming in there and they've done. Like, it's already hitting. Yeah. 
and they have they've done kit in the past and uh, the A team van and some of those. So that's why they're on here because I like to pick those up when I can find them. But for me, where Mattel has really shined this year, and that's why I said you know they're a company to watch in 2021 is the W or I'm sorry, the masters of the universe origins. And that line, we're already at two waves, which were exclusive to Walmart. And they're doing a good job of mixing in the, the characters. We've gotten battle cat and we've gotten the sky sled and they showed late. Well, late summer, I think it was, they showed kind of what's coming this year and it's a lot it's a lot for a brand new line so i think we're, we we wave three and four have actually already shown up and hit in canada and in germany um and they're going to be coming over here shortly and i know like we're all anticipating it because there's some fan favorites in there and then there's some other characters they're mixing in like characters that came out later in the line you know like in wave two we got scare glow which i never had as a kid i didn't even know he was part of that line when I was a kid. Um, and so they've done a good job of mixing them. Like I said, in last show, they're bringing kids into the mix. Parents, you know, uh, are having a fun time of playing with their kids with this and they're doing Castle Grayskull. So they've already put up Castle Grayskull for pre-order on Walmart site with the license not being exclusive to Walmart. I think you'll see that go up everywhere in the new year. They're doing vehicles. They're giving us, they listen to the fans when fans weren't happy that Panthor was not going to be flocked and so then they said oh we're going to do a flocked version of Panthor too it's going to be an exclusive to Walmart but they're still doing it so they're listening to what the fans want and they're doing uh, some figures like you know that were as seen in the comics they're just really doing some really cool things and for me what it did was I always kind of there was two lines that I wasn't collecting that I wanted to go back and maybe get vintage and that was G.I. Joe and Masters of the Universe. And now since these are almost identical to the vintage ones with the exception of updated articulation and in some cases, some new head sculpts, like I don't need to go back and collect those and they're giving us so much. So that's a line I'm really excited about. And it's probably the second uh, line that I had the most fun with this year. And so we gave them a solid, solid, solid B plus. There you go. And that leads us to the final, final uh, grade, which no surprise, we're, we're, we're hitting the biggest one that there is, right? Hasbro. Hasbro, which is the, the largest toy company in the world. Um, and Hasbro has so, so many licenses, as we know, right? So we decided, well, you kind of, kind of have to grade every license since they're so big and we decided to to talk about the the big five which are gi joe power rangers transformers marvel legends and star wars um and we decided that you know we would go through each of these five and talk about our grade uh for it and then we'll talk overall how we felt about hasbro this year yeah and i think it's important to mention that uh they had what was wildly successful. Well, I shouldn't say successful, but what was wildly anticipated was the vintage style, uh, the Kenner style Ghostbusters figures. Yes. Which were at the beginning of the year, everyone was, was 
really trying to find those and really excited for. And, you know, it's crazy because now I'm seeing them everywhere at at, at Walmart. I'm just happy I have the full set of six, the four Ghostbusters, Slimer, and Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And I have them all on the Who You Gonna Call card. So I'm very happy of that to go with my vintage uh, firehouse that literally is my firehouse. I got it as a child. Yeah. I've been tempted to pick up. I never had that line as a kid, but I've been tempted to pick up one of them just for the nostalgia factor of these were the style that were out when I was a, when I was a kid, but I even have the series. I I even have the time life uh, exclusive release of the whole TV series, the real ghostbusters animated series. So you know, yeah. I, I obviously have always been a, the, the 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 two properties have always been near and dear to me growing up were Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. Like th- that was my that was my obsession. Yeah, I think where they the the Ghostbusters fell a little short was the um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the collection. The plasma, the plasma? yeah, plasma series, collection. Yeah. Yeah, those didn't seem to move too well. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure why. Well, I, I think the face sculpts were too cartoon looking, in my opinion. But I, I don't know if that was the reason. But I just feel like they were a little bit lacking, especially when Diamond Select had just been putting out some fantastic figures that came with diorama pieces that connected together to create a firehouse backdrop and a backdrop of, of Gozer and Gozer uh, coming through the, the, you know, that uh, through that portal or space, if you will, in the end of the first film. So the, I guess the steps, that's what it was like the steps. Um, And I think that because those had just come out over the last few years beforehand, people had already felt like they gotten what they needed and then on top of that, they had even done a real Ghostbusters Diamond Select line as well um, right before. Uh, and to be honest, even they didn't sell that well. So I, I think it, it goes to the, the same category as we talk about with Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Is a lot of people who like those things didn't really collect, didn't really collect the idea of highly... Um, you know, high-end artistry or articulated figures. They just wanted the retro feel of it that represented their childhood. And um, with Harry Potter, it was books. The the books are what matters to people. Um, For Lord of the Rings, it was the books that mattered to them. With Ghostbusters, it was, you can't really better the retro. The retro was what people connected to. And I think the the highly articulated just never really connected with audiences as much as the retro figures did yeah i think that's that's fair i mean and we've seen we've seen it on the store shelves so you know yeah i mean the plasma figures are everywhere i mean they still can't sell those sadly because i I still think they're fun honestly i'd probably pick them up if i find them on sale i'll probably pick them up yeah and you know it's funny so you know, we talk about, uh, you had mentioned a, a property that kind of people want to go back to their childhood. And so uh, another license that they have, we'll talk, talk about here, kind of go back to the top, you know, uh, start, the f- start the five since Ghostbusters wasn't kind of one we were going to grade, but we wanted to touch on it. 
is G.I. Joe. So G.I. Oh, yeah. Joe classifieds this year. And I should add that we have the G.I. Joe retro collection as well, which is the uh, three and three quarter inch. And they've done some vehicles with that. But classifieds was the one that had everybody excited. And, you know, I've talked about the snake eyes um, and we've gotten some other figures this year, but it's it's been a mixed bag after wave one. <laughs> I think the word the two the two words that nobody wants to hear are Cobra Island. <laughs> and so, you know, when we're looking at what we would what we would grade GI Joe, you have to take into consideration like everyone was excited about this line. Wave one was not not that hard to get. Yes. It took a little while, but they got it out there. I was able to see all of those figures in the wild at some point or another for wave one. And even with uh, wave two was kind of a couple carry forward figures, which they carried forward roadblock, which didn't make any sense to me. I think you would have carried forward Duke because um, I just think it was a better figure. And then of course, when we got Cobra Island roadblock, everyone was already like, what the heck with all the roadblock? But uh we gung-ho, Cobra Commander, those weren't hard to find. They were part of Wave 2. The Red Ninja was kind of hard. Um, I wasn't – Red Ninja's okay. I wasn't overly impressed as some people were with the, with the Red Ninja. Um, but the Cobra Island figures really ruffled feathers, and that's because nobody could get them. They sold out on Target immediately. I couldn't get them the first, uh, the first ones that they did, the Trooper, Beachhead, Roadblock, and Baroness with the bike they sold out immediately the bots got them all they were gone so quick and then you had to you had to really be on your game when you were trying to track them down in stores and it was partially luck it was partially stocking stalking pop finder and talking to people at your target and like brian you went out the day that they were actually supposed to release that the the date that target and hasbro gave us for the release date and they oh, yeah. were gone you couldn't find them that day because everyone had bought them up beforehand because they weren't yep. register locked, yep. including myself. Um, and so, you know, it's hard because it's a line that was people were looking forward to. I think that, I think the six inch scale is becoming the scale. Um, yeah, it is. And I know that some, some of the three and three quarter inch hard enthusiasts are going to be like, well, you know, it's not, we won't let it original. go. Yeah, but I mean, that's the scale and people are collecting that scale. They're excited and it kind of, you know, the Cobra Island stuff dampened enthusiasm. And when we had PulseCon, we had we, we had two more Cobra Island figures announced and literally like the room was already kind of at a little bit, you know, they announced, <laughs> they announced Zartan and they announced it's the Cobra. It's a scary regular. place to be when you're, yeah. when you're living in the uh the comments area of a hasbro fan first friday <laughs> i'm just gonna be honest yep there are some very angry people but when they announced at PulseCon, the cobra island after they were just done announcing zartan and a regular edition cobra trooper everyone's like yeah and then they announced firefly and the viper they said the words cobra island and the it just turned it got nasty um <laughs> And they didn't, the problem I have is not necessarily that they, they announced more Cobra Island. It's that they didn't address the elephant in the room. Now I understand right. that that's the brand team and they might not be the ones that are addressing it. Uh, 
or that are supposed to address it, but it needed to be addressed that, hey, we heard you on the, at least uh, we heard you on the Cobra Island and people are still not finding those figures. The Baroness was really hard to find. Um, I got lucky because I stalked Pop Finder and the day they came out, there was me and another guy there. We each bought our one. There was two left. They were probably gone by the end of the day, but they never restocked them. And the one last point I'll point out is that they are listening. Hasbro's listening because the gold accents that some people were kind of like meh about. I guess some people were more than meh. I was kind of meh, but they've listened and they're re-releasing roadblock again <laughs> without the gold accents. They've kind of toned it down and they're re-releasing Scarlet without some of those gold accents. And they've kind of like fixed some of the face issues. So they're listening. So that's good. But They've got to figure out, and this is a property you own, Hasbro. You own G.I. Joe. There's no license fees to pay. They've got to figure out how to get this line into the collector's hands, especially the exclusives. So we kind of, we graded them a C there. And I think that's the lowest grade we gave uh, was a C. And it's not because the G.I. Joe line wasn't good. It wasn't popular, but it had a lot of issues with availability and distribution as far as uh the exclusives go when you become a running joke of collect of collector conversations for almost the entire year you're gonna drop your grade a little bit and i think everybody i mean like you said everybody say oh gi joe let me tell you you know <laughs> people always have a story to tell especially when it comes to those infamous two words you said earlier that i won't repeat because i don't want to send more shutters down people's uh, spine but um let, let's flip it over um to uh the next line which i know is a line you've talked quite a bit about over the last step over our last episode and in and earlier today as well um, Power Rangers. So th there's been, I, I mean, how many Power Rangers figures have been released this year? It, it's got to be a record amount, right? I would have to go back and count, but I, the line started last year. And last year, I think they got two, maybe three waves of four figures each. And this year, you know, there was some two packs and some other things. But I think this year... I think it's been a close to the same. I think we've gotten a few more exclusives this year, but they're doing a, what they're doing a good job of is getting different Rangers out. Now we have had some repeats and we have, you know, uh, you know, they gave us three psycho Rangers and then to get the two female psycho Rangers, you had to buy the five pack on Amazon, which was frustrating for a lot of people, especially people who collected the Bandai line because Bandai never gave them the female Psycho Rangers. So that was frustrating to have to buy them again. But, you know, they've got to get their money out of their molds. And I, I get that. But they've put out a wide variety of, of Rangers. For me, it's just been fun. It's been the most fun line for me to collect. It's got a little bit of nostalgia to it. Um, they've dipped their toe into into Megazords, which is something I'm interested in. I'd like to see them do a higher end transforming Megazord. I'd be willing to pay a little bit of money uh, for something like that. But I think it's just been, it's just a fun line, you know? Um, and it's funny because it's like, I can't point to anyone other than the Green Ranger, because he's my favorite, which <laughs> he's a lot of people's favorite. And I know there's a certain 
part of the fan community that's like, ah, oh, enough with the Tommy already. But, <laughs> but it's just a fun line, and I've had a lot of fun setting them up. And you know, we got a Rita Repulsa this year, which they never really got. They got one horrible toy back in the late '90s of Rita Repulsa, and it was terrible. And then now we've got monsters. Now, albeit the monsters look fantastic, but they're a little. Hasbro wanted to make them a little bigger. Uh, everyone's kind of says, eh, you went a little too big. They're about eight inches. Everyone wants to see them be about seven inches so they don't tower over the Rangers, but they're doing some things that we've never had before, you know, and they're giving us figures we've never had before, like a SPDA squad Blue Ranger. So it's just a fun line and I've just enjoyed it. It's been the line that I look forward to pre-ordering the most this year and setting up and ripping out of the package. So what's your grade? We gave them a solid B. That's and, right. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I haven't, um, that's definitely a line that is all Chris. And it's something that I'll look for for Chris when I'm out and about. But um, just like Turtles, you know, that that's my area of expertise. Power Rangers is definitely Chris's area of expertise when it comes to Thrill of the Hunt. Yep, absolutely. You know, one thing I forgot is they even gave us some, you know, this was a little point of contention, but the Spectrum boxes. So they gave us the same figures, but different collectible boxes, which they've done that in Star Wars and they've done that in Marvel. Um, so they brought that over and, you know, for me, that doesn't matter cause I'm opening them anyway, but <laughs> you know, the reason why it wasn't a solid a is because of some re, you know, some reuse and some reissues early, you know, we're only two years in the line and we've already gotten some, but it's a solid B and I don't really have much to complain about. There is some pain app, you know, you get some pain app issues, but they're Hasbro's pain apps in general are a lot better than they were in the early in the in the late aughts and early um you know uh 2000 like 13 to 15 so absolutely so another line that chris has started to dip his toe in uh this year with a few purchases has been transformers and i know a lot of people have enjoyed uh transformers this year it has been pretty popular and there's been some some really fun figure releases this year. And, and um, now they're starting to get into some of the beast war stuff and some of the deeper cuts of things from uh, some of the early two thousands kids and, and late nineties. Um, but also playing off of the very popular Netflix um, series um, with siege and uh, Earthrise. Um, and Kingdom, which is coming up uh, very soon around the corner. So, uh, Chris, what do you think about Transformers? I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Transformers, but I have dipped a toe in, and I've mostly gone for the ones that are very... The, the nice thing with the War for Cybertron series, which encapsulates those, those different series, uh, Earthrise and Siege and Kingdom, those... Uh, it, they've done some ones that look very G1. And so, uh, as I mentioned before, I've, I never really had a lot of Transformers. I had a couple. We had the GoBots. 
But so the ones that look like G1s, you know, are the ones I've kind of picked up. I have Starscream. I have Optimus Prime. I have Wheeljack. I have Hound. I have, uh, uh, what's Cliff Jumper? I picked up today, I picked up Soundwave. <laughs> I happened to stop in Walmart and they had the new Soundwave, which I've been stalking on the Walmart website forever. And I missed it when it went up for pre-order, but I got one today and he transforms into the tape deck, not some weird thing that you've never seen before, some weird spaceship <laughs> thing. Um, and so I've just enjoyed that line. Uh, it's not a line I'm deep in. It's not a line. I'll look at the Transformers when I go in and it's kind of one of those, hey, if there's nothing else really going on, I'll pick it up. The Inferno that's coming out next year, I'll, I'll definitely pick up when I see it. I won't pre-order it because it's one of those things that it's not like, you know, I'm going to pre-order and get there, but I will pick it up. But it's been a fun little distraction line when other things are a little slow. Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't think I mentioned the gray. We gave him we gave him a solid B. The solid B, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Transformers community is really happy with what they've done. I know, you know, when at PulseCon they announced some things that the Transformers fans were really happy about, um, and they've listened. They've done. They've they've updated some things that needed to be updated, and then they had the the Red line, which I was waiting to see those in person before I bought them, and then I saw them, and I'm like. They, they don't look right to me because they don't have the kibble for the transformation. They look off to me. It's just the figure, you know? Um, so I didn't get them, but I mean, those are great for people that want them, but yeah, solid B the, the transformers community is really seems to be happy with what they're getting. So, but, but Brian, I'm going to, I'm going to let you run with this one and I've collected some of this line, but this, uh, this is, I think you, you want to introduce this line and maybe talk a little <laughs> bit about it for this year. Well, this leads us into the, the two bread and butter uh, franchises that have been Hasbro mainstays, especially um, for the past, at least for this line, for the past 20 years. Um, the last one we'll talk about, which is no surprise, has been basically everything <laughs> for Hasbro. Uh, but Marvel Legends. Uh, the Marvel Legends series obviously was uh, previously a series that was originally created by a Toy Biz Company, um, and then eventually um, uh, Hasbro reignited in the early, uh, excuse me, in the in the mid two thousands after uh, mid late two thousands after getting that license uh, for Marvel from Toy Biz after Toy Biz went under. And uh, Marvel Legends has continued. It started out with some rough beginnings with, with Hasbro, but in the last couple of years, and especially this year, it has really come into its own. I think new technologies and uh, a great a great group of staff and, and creative individuals working on them has really lended itself to some amazing lines this year and going into next year as well. And I think for that and for the just the absolute quality of figure and quality of articulation, paint applications, and the Build-A-Figure choices as well, um, and the unique items they've been delving into, even something as new as comic series stories that have been releasing this year, like the House of X, um, have really impressed me. Um, and um, I, for me, it was pretty easy and uh, you and I agreed on this, that this is their solid A. 
I mean, this is literally the best line that Hasbro has kind of fully just done right from the staffing that are creating this to the final product that is hitting the shelves to its availability. It has been easily available. I've seen, I've seen waves in stores, multiple stores. I've seen waves available online for quite some time, pre-order options. Um, this I would say has probably been the easiest line to collect out of all of the lines I've collected this year. Yeah, you hit it on the head there. And let me just say this about that uh, Marvel Legends brand team. The excitement and the passion that they have for that line comes through on the Fan First Fridays. And I'm not saying that the other brand teams don't have that passion. I'm saying that the Marvel Legends team, it comes through. And you can see that they love what they do and they want to get us you know, all these different characters. And I haven't collected a lot this year, but I have collected Marvel Legends this year. Uh, I, I was much heavier into them, you know, if, maybe five, six, seven years ago. But I have collected some this year, and I'm impressed. I mean, like you said, they're easy to find. Even the exclusives seem to be uh, not too difficult to get. And it's not a one and you're done, you missed them. You know, I've seen it before where... Uh, other lines they get one shipment and then they're done marvel legends it yep. seems like they sell they sell them and then they get another case and then they sell them and they get another case you know i've seen them restock on a regular basis and they seem to have them out there in, in good numbers the assortment of characters they're doing the different properties i mean they supported the video game which the video game is an, you know another conversation but they supported <laughs> with a line they had the retro figures i mean the solid A. I mean, this is this is Hasbro's, you know, like shining license. Agreed. Which leads us to the final license that we'll talk about, which is the big the big uh big elephant room, Star Wars. Um, which has always been the the shining star in in Hasbro's arsenal of of licenses, right? And, yep. you know, it really, what made Hasbro, Hasbro in today's world um, has been their success through Star Wars and the, the purchase of that license right at, you know, the end of, of an era with Kenner in, you know, in the, the early 90s. And it's, you know, I, I think we're kind of torn on this, right? You know, with, with Star Wars, it's 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 not that we're, you know, I feel like Star Wars is in a weird time, not just in the sense of toys, but in the sense of its its transition, right? For the first time ever, it's not, you know, Lucasfilm from the standpoint of the word Lucas, right? It's it's Disney, and 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 Disney has been now, you know, we're just we're just finalizing what. Uh, what I would say was eight years now under Disney ownership. Um, I think it was 2012 that yeah, Disney purchased right. it. And yeah, in 2015 was the first film we got under the first release under Disney ownership, you know, so there's really only been about five years worth of, of, of figures related to Disney's, you know, Disney's influence on star Wars. So I, I think, 
we have to look at Star Wars in a very unique and different way because there's been so much change in its creativity and its creative outlets and the properties the figures are being based on. And I think that we've seen some good. We've seen some really, really good stuff this year. And then we've also seen some stuff for like, huh, yeah, okay, let's work on this. You know, and I think that that's kind of how we came up to our grade. And I'll, I'll let Chris go into detail, but but that's kind of my, my overall feel on it. And then I'll let Chris take it over and kind of go more in depth because I feel like um, he could give this a little bit more more depth. Yeah, so this one was tough to grade because, you know, I think I talked about it on a, on a couple shows previously uh, that, you know, Star Wars is my bread and butter line. But this year, I, I, you know, I had more fun collecting other lines. And, of course, you know, this is the first year in a long time. I, I've kind of picked up one thing from this line or one thing or maybe some Marvel Legends. But this is the first year that I've really kind of gotten full on into other lines. So I, I have to take that into consideration too. There's the newness factor of those other lines. But this has been a year, you're right. We got a lot this year. We actually got a lot from, from the Star Wars line. And it doesn't seem like it because it seems like they're doling out two figures at a time on Fan First Fridays. Which right. Is, frustrating to me i know other people like it it's frustrating to me because i'm used to the days where we used to go three times a year and you drop three waves on us and we'd be like "Ooh, you know and we'd have something to be excited about we'd pre-order we'd wait for them to go on pre-order and then the next con would be here and you'd show us the next three waves and now it's like well here's this figure and here's this figure you know a couple figures at a time but you know this year we had the retro collection we had the 40th anniversary collection we had kind of the end of the old Black Series boxes and the beginning of the new, much needed, improved yes. boxes for, you know, the, the, that, the old boxes. It, that line, I've used this word quite a bit in the last couple podcasts, but stale. Um, they were stale and they updated them and I think they look fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was much needed. And we've gotten those and then we've gotten, you know, the vintage collection. We've gotten uh, the the Haslab, which, you know, for Marvel Legends, we didn't even talk about the Sentinel Haslab, but we've got a Haslab for Star Wars as well this year. Um, but all that considered, when I look back, we got a lot of repacks and repaints this year. Yep. And that's what <laughs> I meant. A, and and that, that's yeah. where I felt a little down on was, I didn't think, you know, although there was a lot released this year, um, there wasn't a lot of creativity with it. And, and that's something that's important to me. When, and that's why Marvel Legends is graded so high is because of the amount of creativity and use of things. And, you know, it's, it's reusing things in a way where it adds to the figure rather than it's a way to just, you know, make it cheaper. You know, the cheaper part of it should just be a natural positive that just happened because of it it shouldn't be the reason for reusing it you know that, that that that's my whole point it should be an added plus you know that oh i get to save a little money it's not that you know hey let's reuse this part because we can save money yeah it's exactly it so you know i talk about repacks and repaints and you know i'm going to give an example here so we had the the 40th anniversary collection for the empire strikes back 
and I know I'm splitting hairs here because some people like to collect them on the card and leave them on the card. And that's, that's a perfectly fair point. And I know that Hasbro's playing to our nostalgia when they do that. I'm an opener, so I don't care about, you know, the card, except for Yoda this year. I did get the Yoda to keep on card, but you know, that's my guy. So, <laughs> but for me as an opener, I'm, I'm not caring, you know, but I mean, when you look at that line, when we did get something new in that line, like the Hoth Trooper, the Darth Vader Empire Strikes Back, which I might add is the fourth or fifth Vader in a line that's seven years old, yet we're still waiting for other figures that we've, you know, never seen, uh, <laughs> which I think, you know, I, I don't even want to count how many Lukes we have. But anyway, the, the Vader, the Hoth Trooper, the Luke Snowspeeder, those were all... Uh, new figures that were put in the 40th anniversary line. But then what do they do? They took those figures and they also put them in the regular line, which I I get it, but it's like, you just gave us those figures on the 40th card. And I bought them on the 40th card because they came out before the the other ones. So now I can't even complete the sides. Not that I keep the boxes, but I can't even complete the little nice scene on the side, (laughs) you know, which I'm not dinging them for that. That's my quirk, but I'm just saying that there was a lot of repaints and, and, and repacks. Uh, there was repaints to R2-D2 from Dagobah, which I picked up because I wanted him that way, but that's a repack. And, you know, Brian and I have talked about this. It's time to do a new mold for the astromech droid. That mold. Oh my gosh. Right. Mold. It's undersized. It's not, it, it's not the correct proportions and you've gotten your money out of it you can do better. It's time to upgrade that. If you want to upgrade something, let's upgrade that, you know, Agreed. But we've gotten how many troopers, which are all, you know, I mean, we did get new, new trooper bodies for the clone and for the stormtrooper. But then again, then you made the odd choice of giving us a Walgreen exclusive with the old clone wars body. Right. So it's just kind of, there's been a lot of that. And I just look back over the year now, I don't want to, you know, there's been a lot of good too. Like we got some fantastic figures this year. We got Admiral Akbar, which I thought initially he was just going to be a repaint from the, the, uh, the force awakens line, you know, and he's not, he's new. You got Tebow, you know, we got Luke Snowspeeder, which is a great figure that Hoth trooper figure. Fantastic. But when I look at how many figures we got that are brand, brand new. Cad Bane, armor, some great figures. Oh, yes, exactly. There's great figures in this line this year. Uh, But we did get a lot of repaints. And, you know, as far as the vintage collection goes, we got a lot of uh, older ones that they're re-releasing. Now, I think that that's good for people who couldn't get them because the vintage collection was notoriously hard to reach. Uh, and, and, you know, to get your hands on back in the day at some places. So it's great that they're getting those figures out again. But I also am like, I'm to the point where I'm like $13 a pop to collect the, that line. And then yeah. $20 to collect the black series. Right, yeah, the prices then, seem, yeah. It, yeah. It's like, what, why would I spend 13 when I can get a six-inch figure for 20 Yeah, it... it it's a lot of whack. And well, the other thing is there's no, there's no variety. So you're giving me the armor in six inch and then you're giving me the armor in TVC. Well, why don't you give me the armor in, in the black series and then give me the armor in TVC later. And then this is going to be, it's, you know, we talked about 
the weird time. There's no property for, there's no movie property for, for, to support. We just got some major announcements of shows coming, some of which I'm really excited for, some of which I'm taking a wait and see approach. Uh, we did get some movie announcements, which, you know, I didn't get anything. I haven't seen enough to say one way or the other how I feel about those, but it's been all Mandalorian. And I, I love the child, or at least I loved the child. I am getting to the point where I am Grogu'd out. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's, I hear you. it's interesting. So, you know, I mean, all that said, well, I, one What's more the thing before What's we What's the grade? Well, no, one more thing, Brian, and that's the Razor Crest. I have to, we have to talk about the Razor Crest. Just All right, let's do that it. Is, that is that you and I both felt that they could have done something else. I'm you just going to be honest. That- I said it. I said this from the start, and, and you and I both said this. The Razor Crest is not a character. As much as people wanted to make it into a character like the Millennium Falcon, it was not. And we were proven right. This season, spoiler alert, many of you have probably seen this already at this point. It was a, a you know, it's been probably over a month since it's happened at this point. Um, but the whole thing was blown up. Yep. In season two. And that, that doesn't so much bother me. I mean, because we have other Star Wars ships that have been blown up that I have. Yeah, but, but how long did it last on screen? Well, that's, that's okay. That's, and that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. It hasn't really developed a connection to the audience. I mean, all the detail that's being made into this ship, we haven't even seen it on screen. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, unlike ships like the Millennium Falcon and other ships that we've seen where we've seen it so many times and it's had a a connection, you know, that this, I still think it'll make for a great display piece and it'll be a chance for you to showcase your figures. Um, but, you know, I do think it, it, it's weird timing. Uh, and I'm sure Hasbro uh, was super upset. <laughs> I only hope that they didn't know about it because I hope they didn't it, either, because if they if did they knew about it, ooh, it's I, kind of, Ooh, yeah. I'm, ooh, I'm not, that would not be it. good. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the other thing is, you know, you and I both said we think that this could have succeeded at retail. Oh, it could, uh, it could have easily. Have, it, it could have succeeded at the price point you had it. The Millennium Falcon did. You could have done it as an online only. And the other thing is, I get the the. I, I'm going to say that the barge is a little different. The barge was $150 more. The barge box is much, much larger. You could have never gotten that at retail. But I think no. that you could have gotten the Razor Crest at retail. Oh, and of course you I could. I understand have. the crowdfunding aspect for the sale barge, but are you telling me you needed t- almost ten million dollars to start? Because I think that's what it was. It was nine. Uh, maybe that's what they made. Five thousand backers. Yeah, and at three hundred and fifty bucks, you know. So I mean. I'm doing some quick math here. So that's what you hear in the background. But yeah, I mean, they needed 1.7, almost, you know, they needed three quarters. Uh, I'm sorry, 1.75 million to get started. And at the end, they made almost 10 million. Yep. But are they you had telling over me that they couldn't? 20,000 orders. Yeah. You couldn't, like a company like Hasbro couldn't have done that, you know, I get the barge because there was a bigger risk involved with the barge and the numbers even show you that they didn't sell nearly that many barges. 
But you know, yeah. So we gave them, you know, the grade is a is a B minus, um, which was you know which was hard because that's that's you know, and I am getting excited for Star Wars again with some of the new announcements and oh yeah, I will say this: the 2011 lineup already is impressive. You know, I, I, I'll say that Chris said it so perfectly earlier. I mean, 2020 just seemed like a lot of repacks, a lot of repaints because they didn't really have any new material to pull from. I mean, you know, and let's be honest, that how many figures were made of Rise of Skywalker? What, four, five characters were made into figures? I mean, because, well, we all know, I mean, it, it wasn't as successful as previous films in the franchise. And I think that was indicative by their choice to not make many figures based off of it. Let's be honest. The proof is in the pudding, right? You know, they're not going to invest money into something they don't think is going to return its investment. So. Yeah. And it seems, you know, it seems that Disney is slowly trying to distance themselves. Yeah. From it the seems like trilogy. it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like, unfortunately, you know, and I know we're talking, we're getting a little off topic, but you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to bring back Ryan Johnson for his trilogy. He was supposed to get it. Just yeah. They're trying like they're to trying distance to, themselves entirely from the sequel trilogy. It seems. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that tells you everything you need to know. And I'm not picking on the sequel trilogy, you know, um, I'm just saying that it shows you where we're at and Mandalorian has come along and, and to Mandalorian's credit, it's been kind of the rejuvenation that star Wars needed. Yes, agreed. So in all in all said and done, when we add up all these grades, tabulate it, use all of our fun math and everything, we came up with an overall grade for Hasbro, and that was a solid, solid B. Um, with its high marks in Marvel Legends and in Power Rangers and Transformers and being rounded out by G.I. Joe and Star Wars, um, following a little bit farther behind. But now let's shift gears and we're, we're going to go through these in, in a way where we're not going to spend a lot of time on each one. We're going to go through these and just kind of mention, you know, um, our top 50 figures. And no particular order. These are just the 50 figures we found to be the best in our opinion that came out this year. And um, what we'll do is I'll, you know, what we can do is we can break it up this way. I'll do five, you do five, and then we'll, we'll, we'll keep going from there. Yep, let's go for it. Okay, so the first the first five I'm going to talk about. Number one um, here is uh, we're going to start off with. I believe we kind of have these broken up a little bit by uh, the the type of line. So I think the first ones we're going to be talking about mostly here are Star Wars related. So we'll kind of continue that theme of Star Wars to start off. Um, the first one is uh, was a pretty obvious one I think to both of us was the Mandalorian and Beskar armor. Um, it was a figure everybody wanted, and once they got it, it was a really well-made figure. Um, uh, I think the only thing it misses, and what we talk about with customizing, would be um, a cloth cape. I think would have been nice, but that's something you can grab on the custom market. And I think the plastic cape still works well for a lot of posing. Um, but a nice, nice group of accessories with the rifle and uh, the pistol. Um, um, but you know, very, very cool figure, and uh, definitely. Um, a great look from the second half of season one from the Mandalorian. Number two um, we have on our list is uh, 
Zeb Aurelius from Star Wars Rebels. We finally got the missing member of our Star Wars Rebels crew, along with some re redone versions of the rest of the crew um, with some with some brand new face sculpts and some with some brand new paint technology on them. Um, but Zeb was definitely the jewel of that re-release with the Rebels in the new packaging Chris talked about earlier. Followed up by another great uh, release this year, which I mentioned earlier, Cad Bane from Clone Wars line and uh such a cool figure gotta love that western style with the hat um you can definitely see why uh filoni has connected so well with the mandalorian and with favreau and in, in directing this very western space opera that we're seeing on screen with the mandalorian it definitely started all the way back in the clone wars um with cad bane what a really cool bounty hunter character and such a cool figure and a figure I'm excited about to kitbash a little bit with a, a phase one clone trooper that I bought, which isn't on the list, but I'm excited to kind of move the head around to kind of recreate some of the scenes from uh, the Clone Wars. Um, and one that Chris has talked a lot about today, number four in our top 50 list here would be the Hoth trooper. As Chris mentioned, eight different ways to, to change this figure around, to look in different ways and to really um, get the most out of your display. It's a great troop builder and such a really, really good figure from Hasbro this year. And then uh, number five, another one that came on Chris's list and, and actually his favorite um, overall uh, paint and, um, and texture and overall look figure for this year was Tebow, uh, the, one of the very famous Ewoks. One, we hope to be one of many more to come out of the Black Series line. And now, Chris, let me turn it over to you for the next five. Okay, so at number six, we have the Retro Collection Boba Fett. Now, this was the figure that everybody was tripping over to try and get out of this collection, and he turned out to be the hardest one to get. And, of course, the Retro Collection, the, the packaging mimics the original vintage figures, and the figure itself also mimics that Kenner style of figure. So... Boba Fett was really popular and he was the standout in the retro collection waves. Number seven, we have carbonized Boba Fett. Now, when I say the numbers, keep in mind, these are not in order. These are just 50 figures that we listed. But the carbonized Boba Fett, he was another one that everyone was uh, looking forward to getting. And for me, I ended up getting two because I thought the packaging was so gorgeous and he looked so good that I did a rare thing and got two of them, one to open, one to keep. And he was fairly accessible, but I thought it, this was a great choice for a carbonized figure. Number eight, we had the TVC Chirrut Imway. And I think, you know, there's not a, that's the only TVC figure we put on this list, but I think it was a much needed TVC. Chirrut Imway is a very dynamic uh, character and what he does in Rogue One. And to be able to have a figure that now has the articulation and that scale to do those things is much welcome. Number nine is the Imperial Probe Droid. It was one of the deluxe figures we got this year, along with uh, uh, some other, uh, the, the Yoda and Luke two-pack. And it's just a great take. It's in that six-inch scale. It's very um, accurate, screen accurate. It just looks fantastic. Uh, number 10 is the Ahsoka, the Walmart version, which if you were able to track down any of those Walmart figures, you are very lucky. And I have to thank Brian for the assist on this one. That's how I'm able to have this figure. But it's a great figure. They did a couple of versions 
of Ahsoka, as, as Brian mentioned, they did a Rebels one, but this one was the one that we put on the list because we thought it was just a fantastic representation of her. Absolutely. Brian, you can take the, uh, the next five here. Alrighty. So number 11, continuing with uh, uh, our Star Wars group here and finishing up in the next couple. Uh, number, 11, uh, number 11 on our list, not 11 in our hearts, but just 11 overall on our, on our 50 list is Hondo Onaka. Hondo Onaka was a much needed addition to our toy collections. And uh, he was originally only available in a four pack that was exclusive to the Disney parks um, and Galaxy's Edge. But now he is uh, available through Target and their partnership. And uh, uh, if you were lucky enough on the release day and in some couple of restocks across the nation, you should have been able to get your hands at least on one of these um, great figures. Number 12 was our IG-11SH figure arts from Bandai Spirits Tamashi Nations, a Jap Japanese import figure that made its way onto our 50 list and a uh, figure that I've gone into detail before on a previous episode. It is such an amazing figure, so much dynamic posing and ability for it to really relive a lot of the moments from that first season of Mandalorian. Number 13 um, on our list um, is going to be Wolverine uh, from the X-Men film series. And this would be the Amazon exclusive Wolverine with a white tank top and jeans, as I talked about in our previous episode, as being the best articulated figure, in my opinion, for 2020. What a great series that uh, film series has been for X-Men this year. I hope they continue and expand upon going back to those previous Marvel films and making some updated versions of Marvel um, characters. Um, so number uh, 14 is going to be Retro Spider-Man. If you've been following the Retro series this year based on the 90s style of, uh, in a playoff of the old Toy Biz uh, cards of uh, Spider-Man, um, the articulation and the ability to um, really pose an amazing character and it, it, it poses just as well as any kind of import figure you might get through through Mafex or through uh, figure arts or even Revolt Tech or Amazing Yamaguchi. It, it's such an amazing figure um, and that whole line, the retro line has been impressive obviously most recently with some other retro figures that are starting to hit shelves. And then finally, um, the last one um, in to number 15 before I hand it over to Chris for the next ones would be Venom, the first ever. We finally got a movie version of Venom this year um, from the 2018 film. It was a massive hulking figure that we didn't expect. Um, I think it clocked in close to nine inches tall, which is pretty darn tall for an individual figure release on a $20 release from Marvel Legends. Uh, this year. At number 16, we have Kang the Conqueror. So everybody's favorite time traveling baddie. Um, and this was a welcome addition. I think Kang was in need of, of some updating. Uh, it's been a while since they put out a Kang figure and he makes uh, our list. Number 17, the Kingpin Retrowave. Now this is a huge figure and it's done in that classic, uh, cartoon style kingpin and it really to me it really brought me back to watching the spider-man cartoon uh in the 90s with that kingpin from there great figure 
number 18 is the fan channel Dr. Doom. And this was, uh, this was an updated version of Dr. Doom, uh, which I think it's been a while since we've got uh, a Doom. And I think he's uh, got some great accessories to kind of round him out. Number 19 is Children of Thanos box set. And this has Thanos with the damaged face sculpt and gauntlet. Now, uh, I think this one is pretty, pretty needed if you're trying to build out your uh, Thanos set with all of his goons from, from those movies. And I say goons because I can't remember all of their names. <laughs> but it's a pretty nice set. But I think... Number 20 is an even better set, which is the Hellfire Club box set, which was exclusive to PulseCon. And this is something that people have been wanting and has been rumored for a long time. And this year they gave it to us with all of those figures. And then they even, on top of that, they gave us a multi-pack with the guards for the Hellfire Club, which I thought was really cool. Very cool indeed. Yeah, and which leads us to number 21 here on our list uh, of 50 figures this year. Um, Stan Lee, we, we would be remiss if we didn't uh, mention um, our, our first ever fully representation of the great one that we, we've lost in the last couple of years. And, and he lived a very long and, and very impactful life to a lot of us. Who, who read comics and just love pop culture and the history and the growth of, of Marvel over the years. And, and that Stanley figure was great. And it had his, had his patent autograph written across uh, Captain America's shield that came with him as well. Um, such a great figure and a great likeness of Stanley. And, and I would say a welcome addition to any collector who is a Marvel fan. Um, you can still grab him. He's still readily available in various different ways. I highly suggest if you're a Marvel fan that you add that to your collection. Um, and then next would be um, a Target exclusive um, would be the Deluxe Red Hulk. A very popular figure was and still is a little bit difficult to hunt down, but um, people had been wanting that version of Red Hulk, which was previously only available in a Build-A-Figure version. Um, so um, what's been great about this Deluxe uh, group of way, uh, wave of Marvel figures, it's allowed us to get figures that normally would have cost us close to $80 to hunt down through Build-A-Figure uh, waves that we're able to buy in a more $30 price range one-off in its own individual box. Uh, number 23 would be the movie version from Deadpool 2, which was a Walmart exclusive of Cable. Um, Josh Brolin uh, switched gears from being Thanos to being Cable. And uh, it was a great performance and even better looking figure. Um, and this was, um, I think, pretty... Uh, it wasn't too, too difficult to find. I definitely saw it in stores a couple different times. and uh, But it definitely was a great likeness. And it's a great sculpt. Um, you know, uh, definitely a fan of that figure. Um, and uh, 24 um, is uh, a recent popular figure amongst a lot of folks. And it's been part of the, the whole Venomized uh, comic line and uh, toy line this year. Um, Venomized and Vaxum Carnage has been very popular this year um, within the Marvel community. It's It's been infused into a lot of the stories that have been released through comics. And the Venomized Captain America was a welcome addition in toy form and a really, really cool looking figure um, to boot. And then number 25, um, one of Chris and I's favorites, uh, we both bought this sucker because it was just so cool, was Azrael. And we're talking about the original release 
of Azrael in his red likeness, not the um, armored um, bat suit Azrael that we got later on in the year. Um, such a great figure, and for a price of $20, you can't beat it. Yeah, and sticking with McFarlane, number 26 is Hellbat, which was, uh, I think, in the very first wave. So uh, it's a nice, chunky figure. It's, you know, Batman in, a, in an awesome suit, and it has some wings that are pretty impressive once you span them out. Number 27 is Devastator. Brian talked a lot about this figure, uh, and I believe uh, it won him. Uh, it was, uh, I'm trying to think of the award, Brian. Help me out here that you gave it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I put it as my much like you picked Tebow as as your best overall. Kind That's of paint right, paint application. Yeah, yes. that was my favorite. Yeah. Yep, Devastator, and you know it's a huge, huge figure. As I said, I I picked it up in the store and kind of regret not buying him, although I'm trying to stay <laughs> controlled with McFarland. But he makes the list at number twenty seven. Number 28 is the the Robin Crow uh, or Crow Robin. And that's the one that comes with the three different head sculpts. Uh, I believe that's, is that from the Batman who laughs? I believe. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and what you, well, and what you would have to do is actually, I think it's from metal, the metal series. Um, Okay. And what you would have to do for the Robin Crow is there are three different variants. So unfortunately you couldn't just buy one figure. You had to find all three. So it's a bit of a hunt. It's that old school variant hunt to find the different expressions of the Robin Crow. Yeah. Um, number 29 I have on here, we have Mr. T from Masters of the WWE. I talked about this figure before. He was my favorite from uh, an exclusive, which was Walmart. I love that we got Mr. T. And like I said, he lives alongside my Masters of the Universe Origins figures. Number 30 was The Undertaker from the Masters of the WWE line. And again, love glow-in-the-dark figures. I think it's something that isn't done enough these days. I loved it as a kid. I still love it today. And again, he lives with the villains of the Masters of the WWE for me. Very cool. And continuing on our... our, uh or at least our tie-in with Masters of the Universe would, would be our number 31 from the Origins line would be Scareglow. Um, and I'll ask Chris to help me out with the, the, the next couple of figures because I'm not as well-versed on Masters of the Universe here. Yeah, Scareglow is another glow-in-the-dark figure. Um, he, again, he was one that came out late, late, late in the original Vintage line. And it's one of those figures that people... Uh, don't remember having but when he went on the secondary market as as the vintage grew he got very expensive and so there's been a very high demand for him and he hasn't disappointed absolutely in number 32 we had orco also from the master universe origins line and as chris mentioned earlier with orco what was great about it was this this uh, paint sculpt um, the paint application or paint choices were much more in line with the original look and feel of the character. It was a nice uh, newly um, made look at uh, from the original release of the Master Universe figure um, with this figure um, and uh, a welcome addition and, and something you have to have, right, in order to complete your Master of the Universe collection. Yep, and it was my uh, favorite for uh, best individual figure from a new property. There you go. At number 33, we start entering into 
the island of Cobra with the G.I. Joe classifieds Cobra Island. Don't hate us for using those two words in the sentence. <laughs> Cobra Trooper, right? And uh, it was a Target exclusive, um, but it was also a troop builder. But thankfully, we are seeing uh, a more wide release with a little bit different sculpt of another Cobra Trooper builds that are going to be more readily available in the coming year. Um, and then we also had number 34, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe's Classified Exclusive. As you heard from Chris many, many times in our previous episode, it won many awards. Uh, and it was definitely one of the, one of, if not Chris's, but a lot of, a lot of fans um, absolutely beloved uh, release of this figure. And it really started things off um, with this line and really um, just a lot of great detail and um, homages and to everything within the G.I. Joe history um, through this figure release. And then finally, number 35 uh, uh, was Beachhead, um, which was another G.I. Joe's Classifieds Cobra Island exclusive. And uh, it was a very difficult search to hunt down Beachhead. And and I know a lot of people were 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 uh, were definitely trying to to hunt him down. And I remember being out as we talked about earlier um, on the day of release, and and uh, Chris and I on the phone with each other in different locales trying to hunt down these figures. And eventually, success was had, but not without much painstaking uh, process <laughs> on that regard. This is true. That uh, that was a hard figure to hunt down. Number 36, we have Ranger Slayer from the Power Rangers Lightning Collection. And this is a character from the comics that goes with uh, Lord Draken. And she was highly anticipated. Everyone wanted her. She was sold out almost immediately. And she's still pretty hard to get. Uh, and I think a welcome addition. It's nice to see them kind of going and and going into the comic territory and I know a lot of people are hoping that that opens the door for the Omega Rangers. Number 37 is the Dino Thunder White from Walgreens and this is after they gave us the corrected helmet. So uh, for those of you who don't know he came with a helmet that wasn't painted correctly. It was missing paint applications. Hasbro uh, corrected that. They knew that they had uh, released it without those paint applications and if you wrote to Hasbro via email or called them and gave them uh, your information and took a picture of the figure, sent them that information. They sent you a corrected helmet. And with that corrected helmet, it's a fantastic figure. Number 38 is the Green Ranger and it's the Green Ranger. So that's why it <laughs> made the list for me. I understand that there's some people have some problem that he isn't painted with the diamond pattern underneath. I don't care because for me, he always has the dragon shield on but I'm just happy to finally have the Green Ranger, not uh, a dream sequence version, but the actual Green Ranger. Uh, and number 39 is a highly anticipated figure that we got, and we just got this figure. I actually just got mine this week, and that's Astronema from Power Rangers in Space, which is the villain uh, from that series. And so it's a figure that everyone wanted. It's a character that everyone loves. If you know the story, she actually goes on to become good and she actually becomes a Lost Galaxy Ranger later on. So we got her. And then number 40 is Gundam Death Scythe, which you heard me talk about as my best import figure from the Gundam universe. 
Absolutely, which leads us into some Transformers. With number 41, we have Starscream. And not much needs to be said there. Starscream is such an indelible, important character within Transformers, um, always with its very unique voice and intonation. And it's wants to always be in uh, in the in in charge, basically, always wanting to to take over for Megatron and be the leader of the Decepticons. And then followed up by number 42, everyone's favorite um, Autobot, the leader, Optimus Prime. Um, and then finally, number 43, Wheeljack, also one of the great heroes of Transformers as well. And these three characters' um, versions were very much patterned, as Chris said previously, from the G1 or, gen or first generation looks, but used for the Netflix series. Um, that has been very popular with the three-part series from Earthrise to, uh, from Siege, Earthrise, and Kingdom. Um, next, we have a 45, uh, a surprise to a lot of you who don't follow this, uh, follow toys, uh, smaller toy companies, but Incendium Toys, which uh, has um, started to make, um, and kind of one of those up-and-comers, really tiny, tiny companies, um, has a couple licenses, one of which they have is Bill and Ted. Yes, that Bill and Ted, the one that you saw face the music this year. Um, Incendium did some original versions of them. They also just released actually about a week ago. Um, and when we're recording this is about mid-December of 2020. They were just released within 2020. Um, the, um, also the phone booth to go with them. Um, scale to work with them, which is about a five-inch figure. And then they also are releasing next year um, the second film version of Bill and Ted, um, as the first ones that came out were from Excellent Adventure. This will be from Bogus Journey. And then they'll also be releasing Death from Bogus Journey next year as well. So they continue to be successful, and I think they're actually expanding the Highlander soon as well. Um, so they're really starting to pull on those 80s, 90s heartstrings there. And then at number 45, um, which I think is up for one of the best figures from NECA this year, um, which was the Turtles in Time Slash. So NECA did two different slashes this year, one for the cartoon line and one for the Turtles in Time arcade line. And uh, many people will, will definitely agree with me that the Turtles in Time version of Slash is probably the best looking um, like in the sense of the balance between the cartoony look and the more realistic look and the way that the character's design is done. The Slash is just such a great looking figure from the Turtles in Time wave. And uh, that came out this year um, as well. And much like, uh, you know, you did above, Brian, I'm going to kind of bring <laughs> you in for the, for these last five here, because this is kind of where you live. And number 46 is the uh, Ultimate Alpha Predator 100th figure from NECA. Yeah, so, so this is the 100th Predator figure released by NECA. And NECA actually um, has been doing their 12 days of downloads uh, recently for uh, December, and as tied into Christmas. And uh, they've been released, uh, their downloads have been listings of all the releases of their various lines. And one of them was Predator. And um, we're recording this on a Wednesday. And if you are a NECA fan, you know that's Preds Day 
or predner, you know, predator, and they call it predsne. Um, it, it's a fun play on the word. And uh, the ultimate alpha predator had some great different accessories and um, the over helmet exoskeleton that goes over its face is just phenomenal. Um, just the amount of detail in it. And it was a bit hard to find. They are restocking them in targets, but it, it has been a bit harder to find that figure because um, it was well, well sought after uh, this year. At, yeah. At number 47, we have the, Toka and Razor 2-pack from TMNT Secret of the Ooze. So I know a little bit about these characters, and I remember seeing the, the promotional shots from Toy Fair on these, and this was the two figures I think everybody was ooing and awing over at Toy Fair. Um, Brian, I'll let you give a little bit more detail. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Toka and Razor. Um, so I'll give you a little detail on the Secret of the Ooze film. Originally, what they wanted to do with the story was do it about Bebop and Rocksteady, but Eastman and Leard um, didn't want to do that. And so they had to go back to the drawing board and come up with two different uh, new mutant animals to put in the film. So uh, fun fact, they decided on a snapping turtle and a wolf, and they decided to name them Toka and Razor. And that's why we got what we got. And it ended up being great creatures and and puppeteered animatronics um, suits created by the Henson company, um, Jim Henson company and um, put on screen with secret of the ooze and uh, just, just fantastic looking figures as Chris mentioned just a moment ago. Um, and those were done as part of NECA's um, pre-order straight from their site, which was a time pre-order. You had a whole week to order it and they made as many as they got orders from. And let me tell you, they got some orders. I believe that there are, I think they made over 20,000 of them based on the orders that went in. And these were not cheap. These were $70 a pop for these, plus the shipping and handling that you paid for it to come to you. So these were great figures, uh, great amount of detail and accessories as per the, per the expectation from NECA. And uh, just, they, they hit it out the park with these. And that's why they were my figures of the year as mentioned in our last episode. Yep, and at number 48, we have another one that made your list, and that's the ultimate Marty McFly, Back to the Future. And I believe that was your uh, pick for uh, best figure from a new property in 2020? That's it, yeah, yeah, it sure was. And it was it was a well-appreciated, well, uh, well and I, I've been waiting for it for a long, long time. And that is, you know, Back to the Future, Marty McFly. And, and I can't wait for Doc Brown. He's supposed to ship out December 28th. So technically, I think he's going to be more of a 2021 figure. But um, I'm excited to see that continue to expand in the next year. And, and NECA definitely has plans to do that um, as they definitely invested in this property as being a long-term license. And number 49 is King Kong. And I remember you finding this one and telling me about it. Oh, I know there God. was some anticipation for people to, to find this one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This was, and, and I don't think it, it's not difficult to get, you know, you can still order this straight from big bad toy store right now, or um, you can order, you can probably find it in some Walmarts and targets as well. Um, such an amazing, I mean, it's King Kong. I mean, it, it, it's a figure that many have been asking for, especially if you, um, collected the Godzilla line from NECA, which is sadly ending this year, um, their relationship with Toho. 
Um, but you know, it's, it's been a fun one. Um, and I'm glad that they got to do a King Kong this year, um, to go with it. And, uh, what's great about the King Kong figure is for, first of all, the articulation is great on it. I was very surprised how good it was. And then number two is the, there were two face sculpts. Um, one face sculpt in particular was fantastic because it's literally, literally ripped from the concept and not from the concept, but from the photography, art photography of the original 1933 film. I mean, it's just so dead on um, with that, with the original look of King Kong from the original stop motion film. And then the other is more of a stylized open mouth version of it. Um, but, you know, it's a version of King Kong we've been wanting in figure form. You know, Mezco did one um, I believe last year, and they did an ultimate edition that's still available on their site of King Kong, but it's based more so on the Peter Jackson version from the new MonsterVerse that's going on, um, and that will continue on next year with the King Kong versus Godzilla film. But, you know, this was something everyone had been waiting for for a long time, an original look of King Kong. And if you haven't grabbed this figure and you're thinking and you need a King Kong for your collection, this is the one to go out and get. Yeah, I have a buddy who uh, was able to track one down and he was quite happy with it too. And number 50 is the Super Shredder from the TMNT Secret of the Ooze. And I can actually speak to this one. That's right. I, I found one and I was like, Brian, do you need it? But he already had it. Uh, and I didn't know if he had it or not. So I bought it to get give to him in case he needed it. And as it turns out, uh, and we don't have any solid plans for this, but sometime next year, we're going to do some giveaways and some fun things like that. And this is going to be one of those figures that we give away. And it's a really tall figure. It's probably what, Brian, would you say like probably about eight inches tall? Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's like eight to nine inches tall. Yeah. Um, it, it's a pretty massive figure. And the body, the, the guy who played, who was in the suit, that was Diamond Dallas Page, wasn't it? No, no, no. This was the Diesel. The Diesel, that's it. I always confuse those two guys. I don't know <laughs> no why. Worries. Um, but uh, yeah, the Diesel, that's right. Um, but yeah, so that, that is a great figure. There's a lot of heft to it. I remember picking it up and the packaging is gorgeous on it. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's an amazing figure. The, the art uh, deco, I mean, the 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 artistry and the deco paint the the purple deco paint and the way that it's done to match the suit that you see um worn in the film i mean it's just dead on it, it's just so well done um you know um it, it was it was the figure people were, were were all over themselves to get you know this and token razor you know because you know not often do you get to see movie line figures from the turtles property from the nineties. And, and this was, this was well sought after. Um, and super shredder was, um, was one I was happy that, you know, they, uh, NECA decided to do an open pre-order on their site, which I did. And that's why I was able to get one because I ordered it one from their site and was able to get it and uh, shipped to me and I have it in hand. And, and like Chris said, we have one here that could be someone's in the future, you know, and there's also another figure on this list of 50 that I have over in my house over here that could be um, as part of our future giveaways, which Chris talked about earlier, the retro Boba Fett. 
we actually um, we hope to do a giveaway with the whole wave. We actually have the whole wave of those um, of the retro series, including Boba Fett, and they're they're mint on card in the sorter box. Even imagine that giveaway. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think we've got some other stuff, but oh yeah, we, we, gonna, we we've yeah. got we've got a box full of stuff, each of us a piece. So, you know, th- there'll be some fun things, and and uh, there'll be some ways to earn your opportunity to get a chance to win these items. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that when we when we get there in uh, 2021. Which you know, if you're listening to this, it's probably 2021 as we record this. It's still 2020, um, but. You know, putting this list of 50 figures together was not easy. No, it wasn't. Figures that didn't make the list that we we love. And, you know, overall, I think that we, you know, as we've had our ups and downs with 2021, we've had our challenges with distribution and and things of that nature. I think that the companies did pretty good in getting us a, a lot of toys this year. I, I, I know I got a lot of stuff this year and I appreciate all of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, Brian, that's a good idea. Let's end on what you're looking forward to in 2021, as far as toys are concerned. Like what is the, what is the one thing you're looking forward to? Ooh, that's loaded. Um, <laughs> you know, cause there's so many pre-orders that we have outstanding yeah. uh, for, for 2021. Um well, well, I'll say a domestic and an import. That's all I'll break it down. Um, I'll say first for an import-wise, um, the thing I'm probably, you know, most excited about is getting my um, my my Mayfex Mandalorian and Child um, in hand. You know, um, whenever Mayfex gets around to it. Hopefully, that's 2021 and not 2022. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, anyone who follows Mayfex will get that joke. Uh, but, you know, but th- that would be my, my most excited import. Um, domestically, um, hmm, you know, I, I would say th- there's, there's a lot on my pre-order list right now. And, and as I'm kind of, you know, looking through that list and, and trying to kind of break down what item that really kind of hits home with me the most, um, you know, I, I debate on is, is it is it a Star Wars related item, is it a Marvel related item? Um, I, I think for me, it, it goes down to the line that has been the most interesting to me this year that that I've talked about a lot that kind of surprised me and pulled me back into something I collected a long time ago, then sold off some stuff that I had from back when. Um, but now I've come back to it and, and that's Marvel legends. And uh, there's a wave of figures that I'm really, really, really excited about. And that's the into the spider verse wave, you know? Um, and I have that entire wave pre-ordered. Obviously it's not for stilt man. I, you know, stilt man's a cool figure and all, and, and I'm going to build him. You know, and I think that's a great idea to do an army builder where you can continue to build Stiltman forever. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> great, great work by the Marvel team. Um, but I'm really excited to finally have uh, proper versions of Miles Morales from Into the Spider-Verse, proper versions of Peter B. Parker, 
proper versions of Spider-Ham and, um, and Gwen um, and also the Prowler, um, but also some, some kind of surprise figures like Frogman. I mean, that, this is just the craziest thing ever, but I'm excited about it. You know, with his little weird human eyes sticking out through the mouth. I mean, come on. How, who can't be excited about that wave of figures? I, I know that a lot of the reviewers have those in hands already. You know, <laughs> we're not at that level, but that, that we're going to get that stuff months in advance. But, you know, I'm excited about those that are, are scheduled to release more so in February to the general public. Nice. Yeah, I think those are, are good. I mean, for me... We're, if we're going to talk about imports, and since you already did the yeah, Mandalorian and Child, no, that's fine because I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Medicom Mafex. Hopefully, it doesn't get pushed back for eternity, and that's the Captain America from Endgame. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We both have that I'm one. really looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. So you know, I'm trying. Both Brian and I have talked about trying to put together like the core Avenger group, like the definitive version of those characters, yes. and that's going to be my captain america version and i'm hoping it looks like we're going to get a thor next year too but it hasn't been officially announced right yeah uh, we've gotten teased we've gotten teased but so i'm going to go with my captain america um and it's funny because the import game you know i've, I've kind of dabbled before but uh i you know i got kind of one one toe in that market now but domestically I'm going to kind of follow your lead, Brian, and I'm going to go kind of uh, with a whole kind of kind of property license, if you will. And, you know, this is, this is the license where I, I really want to see where they go this year. They, they showed us some really good looking figures. I think we're really going to be able to build out our, our collection, build out our character roster. And that's the masters of the universe origins. And especially now that it's not going to be a Walmart exclusive and it's going to be a lot easier to get your hands on those uh, through Amazon or through Big Bad Toy Store or maybe even Target. Um, I'm excited to see that line. I'm excited to get some of, them, of those figures that they've announced already that are coming this year. Um, and some of the things that they've shown us, like Ram Man. I'm really excited about Ram Man. And they've made him so he still has the gimmick that he had as a kid, but he actually has articulation in the head and he comes with multiple heads and things like that. So that's where I'm, I'm going to go for 2021 is Masters of the Universe Origins. Very cool. Yeah. So as we wind down 2020 on this side of the coin... And we hope you get to rise from the other side into 2021. Um, uh, one thing I want to say is I wish everybody uh, a safe start to their new year and, and uh, hopeful, hopeful uh, for some, some, some return to some things, you know, as, as we get, you know, more options available to us through, um, vaccine availability and other things. I hope that everybody is able to to do whatever they think is best for themselves, and and uh, we you know due to all those updates and changes and and opportunities through healthcare that it opens up chances for us to to start going to some controlled convention experiences and things like that in the near future. So 
I hope all those things become a bit more norm in the future and we get to enjoy those. And, and uh, that, that's where I'll leave it for, for, for me. Yeah. I think, you know, that's, that's a good way to put it. I missed the going to toy shows this year and going to conventions, but overall, I just kind of hope that we can get past the virus, uh, you know, and start to kind of get back to, um, what we're what we're used to and you know so I, I hope everyone has a, a healthy and prosperous 2021 and you know 2020 hasn't been all bad but I think when we look back the the things that have happened this year are going to make us be like well 2020 wasn't a stellar year <laughs> overall <laughs> but you know we do have some things that uh, some good things that happened this year definitely and you know uh, Talking toys with you has been a highlight for me this year. Oh, that's so sweet. The same so. for me. Yeah. All serious. All, all kidding aside. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, yeah. this is the fun part, you know, and uh, you know, it, it'll be nice to, to hopefully in the near future, be able to do things together again in person, but yeah, you know, we'll get there. Well, we'll get yep. there eventually, but you know, um, I'm just excited that we've gotten to complete a full year, um, you know, well, you know, uh, you know, finish our, our, our first, you know, this will be our, our seventh episode, um, not including our, our special that we did mid-May, you know, th- this is our seventh full episode on our podcast. And, and um, I think, I think it's really been uh, a, a fun experience and I look forward to continuing that experience. And, and before we know it, we'll be celebrating a, a full year uh, on the, on the digital airwaves uh, of, yeah. of this experience. So uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. It doesn't seem like a, we've been, been at it that long, but we have, and we're, yeah. you know, we're heading there. So, yep. And you know, for the listeners uh, you know, this will, be our January show and we'll be back with you in February. Absolutely. So uh, stay tuned to your pre-order listings. Make sure you get everything in that pops up and uh, don't miss out on anything. Uh, keep your eye out uh, on things because um, as you've seen with NECA and I mentioned our last episode, things are starting to hit weirdly um, before they're supposed to. So keep your eye out. And that's kind of been a, a a regular trend this year things have been hitting a little bit earlier than they're supposed to which is odd but keep your eye out if you're out and about safely um you know keep your eye out uh for things because they may be hitting stores a little earlier than we expected so uh be wary have a wary eye on your horizon as you're heading on out there but with that um have a great new year and we'll catch you in february Well, Brian, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Come back next month to hear us talk toys and collectibles on Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast. Until next time, we wish you good luck on your toy hunt.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star review on iTunes. You can find Thrill of the Hunt, a collector's podcast on Facebook at Thrill of the Hunt Collector Podcast. There you can interact with us and find links to our other social media channels. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and belong solely to them. This podcast is not affiliated with any of the toy companies or licenses mentioned in the show. This show may not be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without express written consent from the host.